Welcome to the Port Huron Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, examining the Word of God, focusing on the Book of Acts Church, and following their example in how they serve the Lord. And we do that by digging deeper into Scripture, which is what I believe they did. You remember, they did not have the Bible. They had the Torah. They had the letters written by the apostles, but they dug deep into the Word. And in doing so, following that example, we discover the the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. That's not the one we want. The Porch is an online community of believers who is restoring the priesthood of the believer and the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida not-for-profit since January of 2000. We're in our 20th year. Go to onsolomonsport.org to connect with us, or you can go to firefalltalkradio.com to contact us there as well. If you have prayer requests, praise reports, or any needs, let us know. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio, the main broadcasting site, Subscribe to it on the Spreaker app. Get updates on new broad updates. I'm sorry on new broadcasts. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. We are also being archived and listened to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and as I said, we're back on Blog Talk Radio. And I see some of our listeners have found us there. Welcome back. More to come. We're getting the word out. We're going to increase our reach. You'd like to help us do that, let people know, share the Bible studies with them or the other shows with them, and uh, we'll get the word out. If you want to support what we do, you can do that by going to the PayPal link at the bottom of the Firefall Talk Radio homepage. You can also use the Venmo app, easier to use, less fees. We're found there under at Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the F. The F for Firefall, the M for Media, the G for Group. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give us the Lord leads. And thank you to each and every one of you who do support what we do. We are very grateful for that. We do not take it for granted. Anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch, you can jump directly to the chapter Mark Shofar and go right into the lesson. But if you're looking for fellowship, if you're looking for interaction, if you're looking for people to pray for you, you might want to stay with us. Uh, September 19th, Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. If you have a shofar, you may want to get it out for that day. September 22nd is fall, the autumnal equinox. Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, which is September 28th. And of course, we've been atoned for but our Jewish brothers and sisters have not, so we intercede for them on that day. Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th. And as I've said, a lot of people believe, as we do, that something special is going to be happening between Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles. Keep Texas and Louisiana in your prayers tonight. Hurricane Laura, um, Category 4, they believe it'll probably come inland at a four and then drop down, but it will do damage unlike anything seen there before and record-setting tidal surge. In some areas, it could be up to 20 feet, which means anything within the shoreline and further back will be gone. It kind of reminds me of, if this does what they say it will do, um, Mexico Beach, which got Florida, which got essentially wiped out And they're still rebuilding, and that was two years ago. So please keep them in your prayers, all of the people there. Keep America in your prayers. Riots, violence, and unrest. We know who's behind it all, Hasatan and the Fallen. We know why they're doing it. But I've been wondering this last week, where are the prayer warriors? Where are the people that stand up against this? I do it. My brother Larry and I, we pray together. We do it. But i got to tell you. It gets a little weary. We need some more people to rise up and stand against this. 
Praise reports and prayer requests. Well, of course, I praise the Lord for my salvation because without that, nothing I'm about to share would have been there. My home, my wife, my family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandsons, furry kids, every possession that we have, it all comes from him, and we praise him for it. Praise him for his protection over all of us, even in the midst of the storm, and in this case, literally. Um, his ministry, which he allows me to work for the dreams and visions, which are nonstop. Sleep, what is that? I praise him for his healing virtues. I praise him for being able to praise him for everything. For his favor, for the revelation, for the word, for all of you, for the, you know, the body. I praise him for it. For being a new creation and living in these prophetic times. Praise him for America, even with everything going on. There's no place else I'd rather be. Praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. They're all there. So let's get ready. My prayer starts out always for the Middle East, for Israel, the peace of Jerusalem. I honor Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. I'm praying for America. I'm praying for leaders and its citizens at this time. Praying for the church to rise up in regards to that, as I already mentioned. I pray every day for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, and the victims of injustice. We live in a world that is not a just world. No matter what you think, it's not. It's a fallen world. It's under the rule of the enemy. So I pray for them. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, both human and animal. I pray for missing and exploited children, for the victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking, a totally demonic, satanic endeavor. How horrible that is. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that are being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith and the, the anti-Semitism which has risen up and has increased at the same time that the church is being persecuted before it was just the Jew, but now it's the Jew and the believer, the Christian. We forgot that when we got grafted into the vine, we were subject to both the blessing and the curses, both the, the good stuff and the bad stuff. The spirit of the Antichrist is bolder and bolder. He's behind what we're seeing. They're preparing for the personal unveiling of the Antichrist, but you know what? We don't care. In the, in the regards, we pray against it. We pray against the, the spirit of the Antichrist that's already in the world, as it says in 1 John 4, 3. But when I say I don't care, I don't care about him. I don't care what he thinks. I don't care what he wants. I only care what, about the Lord. Praying for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as each and every one of us get back to our divine design for continued healing in my wife, Deb, and for each and every one of you that have any kind of physical limitations. Be healed in the name of Yeshua. Right now, let your body absorb his glory. Let your DNA go back to its divine design. Any who are sick right now, be healed. Any who are hurting, be healed. If you have a need, let it be met. Start living the life you were called to live. Being the head and not the tail, above and not beneath being the lender and not the borrower, getting free of the debt of this world, getting free of Egypt, praying for divine protection and inspiration. When I say Egypt, I mean the world system. I mean credit. I mean everything that the enemy has done to enslave us. Praying for inspiration. Every day I pray for the remnant to wake up, those that have made it through, those that have survived, those that are, are being called to wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. This is not the time to sit down. This is not the time to rest. And if you've been blessed, be a blessing. The world's not going to bless what we do. Manna doesn't fall from heaven anymore. It comes from his children. It comes from him through his children. We have needs. You have needs. We'd like to be able to help people. We'd like to be able to do more than what we do. We have things to do. When, when this lockdown ends, which will probably happen after the election or diminish anyway, there are things to do. There are jobs to be done. There's a documentary to finish and others to do. There's people to minister to. There's missions that have been put on hold. 
we're going to drive, we're not going to fly, and we'd like to own our own equipment so that we don't have to deal with the, the, the hassle of renting. We have something to say, we have something to share, and we believe that the world needs it. It's worth the cost, it's worth the time, it's worth the effort. Continue to pray for divine favor in the conclusion of legal matters. The prayers are being answered. I can tell you that. Um, our family members, us, our sons, um, all, everybody seems to be going through something right now. If you, right now, let's all touch and agree. Whatever you're going through, whatever legal matters, whatever financial matters. Father, I just come to you right now. I'm, I'm breaking up the rhythm here. I'm doing what the Spirit says. Do We just come to you. Well, to, we all touch and agree. You said if two or more would touch and agree that it would be done. So right now, I believe there's two or more of us that are touching and agreeing that all of these legal matters, all of these adversities, all of the things that the world is trying to do to us, you are now interceding, you are now resolving, and we are overcoming in Jesus' name. And of course, we pray for our lost family members to get saved before it's too late. Stacy in Texas, she is um, about an hour from where this thing's going to land, I think she's dead. Um, so pray for her and her family as Laura arrives tonight, about 1 a.m. Kim in Fort Mitchell uh, says she's doing fantastic because she knows who saved her soul. Get in there and it would still be great. Um, she celebrated four years of sobriety last week and she will be t- sharing her testimony in a treatment center next month. Way to go, Kim. All of uh, my praise goes to the Lord. I praise him for this amazing journey, his ever-loving protection over my family and I. Praise my father for my children, my family, my friends, um, Stacy, her dog Bruno, the porch community, and everyone who brings value to my life. Lord, please protect your people during this hurricane season. season. Keep them safe, especially tonight. Keep my friend Stacy and her family, my stepdaughter Tayona, who's I think in Fort Hood, Texas. I'm praying for this case in Germany to be dismissed once and for all, for all hidden things to be revealed. Lord, save the children, the born, the unborn, the innocent, and the animals in Jesus' name. Father, you gave us a mandate to pray. You gave us the ability to pray in the name of your son. So that's what we're doing right now. We've begun it already. But now we're coming to you directly to tell you how much we love you, how awesome you are. You are an awesome, awesome Abba Father. And we're your children, and we love you. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for restoration in our relationship with you. We thank you for healing in our mortal bodies, quickening them. We thank you for provision. We thank you for protection. We just thank you for everything. We just want to sit under your glory. We want to sit in the shadow of your wings, Lord. We want to feel that comforting presence. We want to hear your voice. So right now, Lord, we praise you. We praise you for the cross. Praise you for the empty tomb. We praise you for the upper room. We praise you for your love for us and everything you've done for us. We praise you for what you're doing in our life right now and for sending your Holy Spirit to walk with us and encourage us and to teach us the Word and give us revelation and dreams and visions. We just thank you for using us and working with us. So right now we ask you to bless this time, bless the technology, bless us, open our eyes, our ears, our heart, our mind, our soul, and our spirit. Let us receive what you have for us tonight. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. In this manner, therefore, pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's Matthew 6, 9-13. By now, you should have that marked out. You should be doing it not as a ritual, but just as a reminder. The kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Not just for now, but forever. And declaring an amen at the end of it. I agree is what you're saying. The kingdom of God, the rule of God, the sovereignty of God. His dominion, his power, his control, his authority over all things in heaven and on earth. It's his kingdom. He doesn't share it with anyone. And we want, or at least we should want, his kingdom to rule in us and through us. It has to be a package deal. And the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh, is the kingdom distribution system to the church. The Holy Spirit is doing this through us and in us. He's doing it for us and he's doing it for the kingdom. And as long as the Holy Spirit is here in you and I, the kingdom of God is present and is effective. See, that's the kingdom walk. It's not one of weakness. It's not one of lack. It's not one of doubt. It's not one of fear. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. he made a declaration, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he sent them out with that authority. And we have that authority. It's a dispensational authority. It's been given to you. It's been put upon you. That's the kingdom walk in a fallen world. Is it dangerous? Yes. I won't lie to you and say it's not. But it's done in authority. It's done in victory. But the key is to walk it out. I meet so many people that have had a glimpse of the kingdom of God. They have a limited understanding, but they don't walk in it. See, the gospel, the the good news of who he is and what he's done, it's the key into the kingdom. He's been given the keys of the kingdom. It's the foundation of the kingdom. And because of that, the kingdom of God is both action and reaction. It's never supposed to be still. It's never supposed to be silent. It's never supposed to be sedentary. See, he built it. He did it. He built his church, and he built his church in his kingdom. He established it as a work of God. He reigns over it. We don't contribute anything to it. We work it and we tend it for him and with him. We got that job when he transformed us into new creations. Action, reaction, something happened and there should be a byproduct of that action. If anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you should know these scriptures by now. Foundational scriptures, the Amplified. If anyone is engrafted into Messiah, which means you've been engrafted into the vine of Messiah, into who he is, he is a new creation. You are a new creature altogether. 
the old moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Everything, behold, is fresh and new. The old has passed away. The Greek word for old I shared with you last week is archaios, ancient, original. It's tied to the Greek word archai, the beginning ruling government or principality. See, this is about the beginning, and the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's the original ruling principality. That's the original ruling kingdom. And he restored the spiritual authority of that on Calvary. And that's what we're supposed to be living in. But as I look out on the church and I look out at the world, I'm seeing only a handful of people that get it. It's been there in the Word. Everything that I've been teaching on the kingdom, it's been there in the Word. It's always been there. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, Colossians 1.16. That's picked up in Ephesians 1.21. He's far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age which is to come. He was in the beginning with God. He was in the beginning with the Father. When God says, let us, make, let us make man in our image, he's talking to the Son and the Holy Spirit. They were always there. They were always in control. They were always in authority. The angels that fell and turned themselves into God, small g, to be worshipped in the world doing everything that they've done, they, didn't, they had no creative power. They were, they're, they're imitators. They're counterfeit. And we were once under their rule. But then you got born again. Then you got saved. Now you're under new leadership. It's like a business that changed hands. Under new ownership. Under new management. The old rule is gone. A new rule is in place. Yet you know what? As I sat here thinking about this Bible study for the last couple of days, all I could think about is the amount of compromise and submission to the world that happens anyway. Messiah rose from the dead. They put him in a grave. The spirit got back in that body. And he rose from the dead, and he's still alive. And that ushered in the new creation. That was the signature across the universe that things had changed. There was a new sheriff in town. We were, were redeemed from sin and placed into positions as servants of the Lord of the universe. You were transferred from one kingdom, darkness, sin, into the kingdom of the Son of His love, the kingdom of light. And when you were put into that kingdom, you were given diplomatic immunity as long as you stayed within the rules and regulations of that kingdom, as long as you stayed within the walls of that kingdom. And what what the enemy does is he tricks us, he goads us, he angers us, he seduces us into coming outside the walls of the kingdom and stepping outside of our immunity. That's where we get in trouble. That's where we fall. That's where we make huge mistakes, as we see in the news of a religious leader that had to resign because things at home were not in order. We see it every day. People compromising with the world. People thinking that they could get away with things. We can't get away with anything, folks. Even if nobody ever sees it, he does. And because of the Holy Spirit in us, this kingdom 
of which we are a part of, of which we are representatives of. It goes with us everywhere. Everywhere we go, everything we do. And his efforts and the Spirit sustain us. There's something out there called blockchain. If you haven't seen it, if you don't know anything about it, blockchain technology is what cryptocurrency is is based on. Basically what it is, blockchain are blocks of information, chain of information that work together for a specific outcome. It could be finances, it could be um, product management, it could be legal, it could be a lot of things. You're probably going to hear about it really soon when they try to institute it for voting to protect against voter fraud. But basically, everything is blockchain. The universe is blockchain. We are blocks of information. We are blocks of testimonies. We are blocks of anointings. We are blocks of relationships that come together for a transaction in the kingdom. It's always been there. It's another one of those things that as I stumbled onto it, I went, whoa, how did I not see that? Maybe I wasn't ready to. Maybe there was a timing to it. I don't know. Read you a scripture last week, Matthew seven fourteen. Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. And I suddenly applied it to the kingdom. It was entering into the kingdom. We've always talked about oh, salvation, getting saved, going to heaven. It was so much more than that. And it was always there. Narrow is the way and few who find it into the kingdom of God. Why? Because they want the wide path. They want the worldly path. They want the one that's fun and sensual and, and, and lustful and, and all those things. They don't want the narrow way. They don't want the hidden way. They don't want the one that takes a little more effort. But it was the entrance into the kingdom. We should have always been talking about the kingdom of God. It never should have been about religion, never should have been about denominations, never should have been about anything but the kingdom of God. But instead we watered it down. We made it something easier to understand and to obtain. How can anything this wonderful, this powerful, and this important be so cheapened? And yet we did it. Maybe out of ignorance, maybe out of deception. But that time is over. The time of ignorance, the time of deception is over. It's time for the remnant, time for the church to wake up to this reality and start walking in it. Start taking advantage of the permanent, universal indwelling of the Holy Spirit that's in all believers. It's what makes us different in the church age from the ones that came and went before. Oh, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit was there. It's in the Old Testament. They mention it, but it was, wasn't permanently guaranteed, wasn't universally experienced, and it did not give them access to the throne room. There was no divine intimacy. I mean, think about it right now. Because of the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you have cultivated that relationship, if you had watered it, in tears and in love, and if you have worked at it, in a moment's notice, you're connected to him in the throne room. Matter of fact, you're connected to him anyway, but you can feel him, you can hear him, you can enter in to the Holy of Holies because of his blood and because of what he did. So many songs we have sung over the years, I now listen to the words and go, no, that's theologically wrong. We're still thinking of an external God, external access. We're praying for the Spirit to come down. Why? He's already in me. Why do I need him to come down? If we were living that inside-out life from the Father, from the throne room into us, proceeding out of us into the world, into people that need it, what a difference we would make. We'd be conduits of him in all aspects in this fallen world. The enemy wouldn't be able to stop it. 
the enemy wouldn't wouldn't be able to focus on any one of us to stop it because so many people would be doing it. But to do that, we need to be in the world, but not of the world. That's the kingdom walk. That's what the Lord was trying to get his disciples to understand and therefore the church to understand before he left. John 17, verses 14 through 16. I have given them your word, and the word has the, the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am. I'm not of the world. I've given and delivered to them your word, your message, and the world has hated them for it because they're not of the world. They don't belong to that world just as I am not of the world. And I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. We know who that is, Hasatan. They are not of the world. They're not worldly. They don't belong to this world just as I am not of this world. That's the core, right there. It was always there. Later on, Paul says in Philippians 2.15, you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of what? A crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights to the world. Well, how are we going to shine if we've compromised and become like them? Titus 2.11-14, for the grace of God that brings salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Special. Redeemed. Set apart. So our desire should not be to isolate ourselves from the world, and I've heard so many who take that circle the wagons mentality but to take the word and the power of the Holy Spirit to serve him in the world. But we shouldn't become like the world. We shouldn't succumb to the influences of the world. That's what he was telling them. That's what they were doing. And that word, that spirit, that power, that declaration, that authority is our defense against the world. Without the infilling presence of the Holy Spirit, without the gifts of the Spirit, without the fruit of the Spirit, you cannot function properly in this world. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you, John fourteen twenty six. Foundational scriptures, red letter basics, Every day, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to make this decision. I don't understand. Help me to understand. Bring knowledge. Bring wisdom. Bring the word. Walk with me through this. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. But because of that, we are prey. P-R-E-Y. For the predators of the fallen for persecution, for the evil one, for the kingdom of darkness. They know who we are. They can see us. The natural eyes may not know who you are, but they can. You don't belong in their world. You're not a citizen of their world. You're not a member of their club. And they want to punish you for that. But you can't be afraid. You can't back down. You can't back up. You got to dig your heels in. You got to stand, and one having done all, to stand. And you better have that word inside of you, and it better be on your lips, and it better come out when you need it.
1 John 5.19, we know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. See, there's this parallel kingdoms running side by side. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness pales in comparison. And yet we've allowed it to keep up. We've allowed it to act like it's an equal. It's not an equal. Not in any way, shape, or form. We're children of God. We're children of the, of the one who spoke them into existence. This isn't an equal relationship. This is not an equal fight. Then why are we losing so many battles? Ephesians 2, starting with verse 1, And you he made alive. You, the one listening right now, he made alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins. And once you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, our Abba Father, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us what? Made us alive together with Messiah. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Messiah Yeshua. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Right there. Why are we submitting to this world? Why are we acting like this world? Why are we trying to get along with this world? Why do we want the church and the things of the church and the things we... Why do we want it to be like the world? Why can't we just be who we are? I've never had that problem, but that's just my nature. I don't compromise. I won't back up, won't back down. Well, I've faltered and I've tripped. I've fallen. He's picked me up. He's dusted me off. But I've always done so moving forward. And if I've been tripped up, it's by the fact that I haven't seen what should have been seen. We all make mistakes but we should all be moving in the same direction with the same intention. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. Getting back to the red letters, John fifteen nineteen. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of this world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. When I see men and women of God, when I see preachers and teachers and people on worldly shows and palling around with the stars and palling around with the world, I realize that they're not who they should be. Oh, yeah, Jesus palled around with them. He didn't really pal around with them. He spent time with them. But he shared the word with them, and his presence brought conviction. If your presence isn't bringing conviction, something's wrong. You don't belong to the world. If you did, the world would treat you with affection, would love you as one of its own. But because you're not of that world, you're no longer one with it, you're no longer in agreement with it, you're walking in the kingdom of God, you've been chosen and selected out of the world, because of that the world hates you, it detests you, it despises you. Why have we not done what we've been called to do? It's because the enemy has tricked us into wanting to get along with the world. But see, the Lord makes that point about not being in the world three times in John fifteen nineteen and John seventeen fourteen through 19. Three times. Whenever the Lord says something three times, he's making a statement. It's a declaration. 
when we live as we are called to, we are supposed to, there's a reaction from the world. If there's no reaction to us, then we aren't doing what we were supposed to do. We should expect the world to hate us. The Lord said so. John fifteen eighteen through 21. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, I chose you out of the world. The world hates you. Remember the word I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. See, darkness doesn't like light. The world doesn't want correction, doesn't want reproof, doesn't want exposure. John three eighteen through 20. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, and this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Yes, we're called to bring grace. Yes, we're called to bring his love. But shouldn't our lives expose? Shouldn't our choices convict? Shouldn't the presence of the Holy Spirit in us influence and affect them? See, if it's not, something's wrong. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Where's the power? Where's the freedom? Where's the healing? Greater works than these you shall do. Where are they? The Lord went everywhere. Nothing stopped him. No one stopped him. And he exuded such love and grace and freedom that even the people who were sinful wanted to be near him. And those that were of the enemy hated him, screamed at him, gripped their teeth, sought how to destroy him. But that did not dissuade him. Right now we're looking at a world that's getting ready for the Antichrist. If ever there was a time for the church to wake up and do its job, now is the time. If ever there was a time to shine light into the darkness, now is the time. If ever there was a time to open up people's eyes, now is the time because the minds, the God of this age has blinded. They don't believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. We should be living Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. We should be opening the eyes of the blind. Isn't that not one of the things he stood up and read in the synagogue in Nazareth? The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised, both physically and spiritually. We're not of this world. We were never called to be of this world. We shouldn't want to be of this world. The church, for the most part, the institutionalized commercial church, it's of the world. If you're sitting in one every Sunday or Saturday or whenever you go to church, If you're sitting in one, just ask the Lord, open my eyes, Lord, show me the world in this place. The the world is at war with us. Our brothers and sisters in other countries, it's more overt. For us in the industrialized nations, the supposedly educated nations, America and Europe, It's a subtle war. It's a war for the mind. It's a war for the soul. 
But you know what? John sixteen thirty three. he encouraged us. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, people want to get involved in spiritual warfare. It's very glamorous. Well, really, it's not that glamorous, especially when the enemy fights back. But everybody thinks it's so glamorous, so cool. They, they want to be a part of the deliverance team at the church. It's 24-7. It's whether you're sleeping or whether you're awake. It's whether you're in school, at work, at the gym, in your car, in the supermarket. You're always at war. There's no downtime. There is no there is no rest. There's no vacation. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood who do all those things, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places, that Ephesians six twelve mandate. You have somebody that you want saved, it's a war, it's a twenty four seven war. You have somebody the enemy has tricked and stolen, taken over their mind, their heart, their soul, their life. It's a 24-7 war. There's no downtime. See, we're walking in victory, remember? Remember how we started all this? We're walking in the kingdom. We're walking in victory. We're walking in authority that's been given to us by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Just think what we could accomplish if enough of us would band together over a specific thing. If enough of you, and I'll just personalize this for me, if enough of you that listen, that believe in what we do, agreed with me and and Larry and, and the members of SRT and all that are part of what we do and said, Lord, they need that provision to get out there and set the captives free, destroy the work of the enemy, shut down what the enemy's doing. They need to expose the enemy, especially in this time, and raise up other people that can do the same as we get to the end. If, if enough people agreed with us in prayer for that breakthrough blessing that we're praying for, we'd be on the road already. We've been born of God. We've been born of God to overcome the world. And what is the victory that overcomes the world? It's our faith. 1 John 5, 4. But you know what? I meet so many people, and I'm not saying any of you fit this. At least I would hope you wouldn't. But I meet people that think I'm a little too radical. I burn a little too hot. I'm a little too fanatical. But all I have to do is read James 4.4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity, which is hatred with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And you can't be a friend of the world and walk in the kingdom of God. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. And if you love him, you can't love the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And those three things are how the enemy seduces people in the kingdom. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. I could add to it, he who is walking in the kingdom of God abides forever. We're called to live separated from it. Remember, we're in it but not of it. We're here to serve the Lord in it. We're here to minister. We're here to preach. We're here to further the gospel. But we can't compromise and do it. We have to find a way to be covert, a way to walk like he did. They knew he was a rabbi by the tallit, the prayer shawl he wore, by the words he spoke. But there was nothing about him that would not give him entrance into the weddings, into the synagogue, into the places he went to to bring the word that he had with him. 
Because some people take what I say to such an extreme that they're repulsive to the world, and the world doesn't want to hear what they have to say, and therefore they're not good representatives of the kingdom. But you're a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. As I I come here every week and I do this, and I've been doing it now for a decade. For a decade. Wednesday night Bible studies. Since March 2010. I think I've missed a handful. I probably can count on one hand the number of times I haven't been able to do this, either because I was someplace where there was no reception or I was unable to podcast, whatever. The reason I do this, it's not for glory, it's not for money, it's not for anything more. First of all, I'm serving the King, I'm serving the Lord, I'm serving my Father. But it's so that you can live the life that you're supposed to lead. So that you can do what He needs you to do, especially now. You have to know that if he's from above, you're from above. That the things of this world are not the things you're supposed to be attached to or be a part of. The Pharisees saw that and it angered them. That's why he always railed against them. But he was always teaching his disciples the basics of the kingdom. John six thirty three through 42, and this is an area that we read on Friday night for Shabbat. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said, Lord, give us this bread always. And Yeshua said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you've seen me and yet do not believe in all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all that he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up. At the last day. This is the kingdom of God. Walking in the kingdom is about bringing life to the world through Yeshua. Well, how can we bring life when we're still dead inside, when we're still dead in our sins, when we can't let go of those other things? We should be world changers, not world pleasers. Proverbs 24.1, do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. 2 Timothy 2.4, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself or themselves with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And as I said before, 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. D.L. Moody said this, If I walk with the world, I can't walk with God. And unfortunately, his church has become about compromise, complacency, and tolerance. And part of the reason the world is the way it is right now, it's the church's fault. We didn't do what we were told to do. We didn't utilize the gifts and the powers and the things that he gave us. If we had, what a difference things would be right now. We we are so special. 
And I know I share the scripture, but I don't know if you visualize it. Romans 8, 11, the spirit of God who raised Yeshua from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Messiah Yeshua from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. If you went back to Genesis 1, 1, let there be light. The same spirit, the same power, the same influence that created everything and spoke it into existence, that is inside of you. When I had that revelation come to me back in the early 90s, as we still lived in Tallahassee, and it suddenly dawned on me. I have the power of the creator inside of me against the creation. I have nothing to fear. I won't back down. What's inside of me spoke them into, was used to speak them into existence. And I serve the one who spoke them into existence. So the spirit lives inside of you. The kingdom of God is wherever you are. You are connected to him in the throne room. And while that has not manifested in the natural, it has in the spiritual. So, Father, I just come to you now on behalf of your children. I don't know who's getting this. I don't know who's, who's listening and hearing. I don't know who you've ordained to take this and do something with it. I just know you've told me to say it. This is not our home. We don't belong here. We hunger for you to come and get us, but until you do, we're going to occupy as armies with power and rule and authority. We're going to subject the enemy. We're going to war on behalf of your children. We're going to grieve when one wanders away and a wolf gets it, but we're not just going to grieve. We're going to go get it. We're going to destroy the work of the enemy. We're going to set captives free. We're going to speak a a good word in season. We're going to heal. We're going to hug. We're going to love. We're going to do all these things because you did it, Lord. Because your kingdom rules in us. So I'm asking you right now, for each and every person listening, to everyone that's hoping, for everyone that's praying, for everyone that's seeking and knocking that you would answer, That you'd begin to reveal areas that need to be healed, fixed, delivered. And any area in their life right now that the enemy still has a hand in, whether known or unknown, whether they've hidden themselves in the shadows and in the darkness, waiting for an opportune time, I've caught you, and in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I grab a hold of you and I command you to leave that person right now. I command you to go into the dry and uninhabited places of the earth to await the judgment of the Father, but you cannot stay where you are. If you've hidden, if you've waited, if you've deceived, if you've tricked, if you've done anything to my brother or my sister, I call the word of God and the power of God against you, and I command you to flee. In Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. You're all we have. We need this. We need this revelation. We need this knowledge. We need this understanding right now because this life is not a game. It's a war to be waged. It's a war you've already won, and you call this to tarry and to hold it. We haven't done a good job. We repent right now, but we call forth the kingdom of God, the influence of God, everything that goes with it into our life in Yeshua's name. Amen. Boy, I hope you believed it. I hope you said amen. I hope you prayed it and called it in. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.